Chapter Two, Part Two of the American Language. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devora Allen. The American Language by H. L. Mencken. Chapter Two: The Beginnings of American. Part Two: Sources of Early Americanisms. The first genuine Americanisms were undoubtedly words borrowed bodily from the Indian dialects, words in the main indicating natural objects that had no counterparts in England. We find opossum, for example, in the form of O-P-A-S-U-M, in Captain John Smith's Map of Virginia, 1612, and in the form of A-P-O-S-S-O-U-N, in a Virginia document two years older. Moose is almost as old. The word is borrowed from the Algonquin Musa, and must have become familiar to the Pilgrim Fathers soon after their landing in 1620, for the woods of Massachusetts then swarmed with the huge quadrupeds, and there was no English name to designate them. Again, there are skunk, from the Abenaki Indian Siganku, hickory, squash, pawpaw, raccoon, chinkapin, porgy, chipmunk, pemmican, terrapin, menhaden, catalpa, persimmon, and cougar. Of these, hickory and terrapin are to be found in Robert Beverly's History and Present State of Virginia, 1705, and squash, chinkapin, and persimmon are in documents of the preceding century. Many of these words, of course, were shortened or otherwise modified on being taken into colonial English. Thus, chinkapin was originally chekinkwomen, and squash appears in early documents as isquanter squash, Ascuda squash, Esquonker squash, and Squanter squash. But William Penn, in a letter dated August 16, 1683, used the latter in its present form. Its variations show a familiar effort to bring a new and strange word into harmony with the language, an effort arising from what philologists call the law of Hobson Jobson. This name was given to it by Colonel Henry Ewell and A. C. Burnell compilers of a standard dictionary of Anglo-Indian terms. They found that the British soldiers in India, hearing strange words from the lips of the natives, often converted them into English words of similar sound, though of widely different meaning. Thus the words Hassan and Hossein, frequently used by the Mohammedans of the country in their devotions, were turned into Hobson Jobson. The same process is constantly in operation elsewhere. By it, the French Rodoua has become Rotten Row in English, Ecrevis has become Crayfish, and the English Beausprit has become Beaupre, Beautiful Meadow, in French. The word Pigeon, in Pigeon English, offers another example. It has no connection with the bird, but merely represents a Chinaman's attempt to pronounce the word business. No doubt squash originated in the same way. That Woodchuck did so is practically certain. Its origin is to be sought not in wood and chuck, but in the Cree word ochak, used by the Indians to designate the animal. In addition to the names of natural objects, the early colonists, of course, took over a great many Indian place names, and a number of words to designate Indian relations and artificial objects in Indian use. To the last division belong hominy, pone, toboggan, canoe, tapioca, moccasin, powwow, papoose, tomahawk, wigwam, succotash, and squaw. 
all of which were in common circulation by the beginning of the 18th century. Finally, new words were made during the period by translating Indian terms. For example, warpath, war paint, pale face, medicine man, pipe of peace, and firewater. The total number of such borrowings, direct and indirect, was a good deal larger than now appears. For with the disappearance of the red man, the use of loan words from his dialects has decreased. In our own time, such words as papoose, sachem, teepee, wigwam, and wampum have begun to drop out of everyday use. Footnote. A number of such Indian words are preserved in the nomenclature of Tammany Hall and in that of the Improved Order of Redmen, an organization with more than 500,000 members. The Redmen, borrowing from the Indians, thus name the months in order. Cold moon, snow, worm, plant, flower, hot, buck, sturgeon, corn, travelers, beaver, and hunting. They call their officers Incahoni, Sachem, Wampum Keeper, etc. But such terms, of course, are not in general use. End of footnote. At an earlier period, the language sloughed off Ocelot, Manatee, Calumet, Supon, Somp, and Quahog, or began to degrade them to the estate of provincialisms. Footnote. A long list of such obsolete Americanisms is given by Clappin in his dictionary. End of footnote. A curious phenomenon is presented by the case of maize, M-A-I-Z-E, which came into the colonial speech from some West Indian dialect, went over into Orthodox English, and from English into French, German, and other continental languages, and was then abandoned by the colonists. We shall see other examples of that process later on. Whether or not Yankee comes from an Indian dialect is still disputed. An early authority, John G. E. Heckwelder, argued that it was derived from an Indian mispronunciation of the word English. Certain later etymologists hold that it originated more probably in an Indian mishandling of the French word Anglais. Yet others derive it from the Scotch Yankee, Y-A-N-K-I-E, meaning a gigantic falsehood. A fourth party derive it from the Dutch, and cite an alleged Dutch model for Yankee Doodle, beginning Yanker Diddy Doodle Down. Of these theories, that of Heckwelder is the most plausible. But here, as in other directions, the investigation of American etymology remains sadly incomplete. An elaborate dictionary of words derived from the Indian languages, compiled by the late W. R. Girard, is in the possession of the Smithsonian Institution, but on account of a shortage of funds it remains in manuscript. From the very earliest days of English colonization, the language of the colonists also received accretions from the languages of the other colonizing nations. The French word portage, for example, was already in common use before the end of the 17th century, and soon after came chowder, cash, C-A-C-H-E, caribou, voyager, and various words that, like the last named, have since become localisms or disappeared altogether. Before 1750, bureau, footnote, A, a chest of drawers, b. a government office. In both senses the word is rare in English, though its use by the French is familiar. In the United States its use in b has been extended, for example in Employment Bureau, end of footnote. Gopher, bateau, bogus, and prairie were added, and caboose, a word of Dutch origin, seems to have come in through the French.
Carriole is also French in origin, despite its English quality. It comes, by the law of Hobson Jobson, from the French Carriole. The contributions of the Dutch during the half-century of their conflicts with the English included Cruller, Coldslaw, Dominie, for Parson, Cookie, Stoop, Span, of Horses, Pit, as in Peach Pit, Waffle, Hook, a point of land, Scow, Boss, Smearcase, and Santa Claus. Footnote. From St. Claus, St. Nicholas. Santa Claus has also become familiar to the English, but the Oxford Dictionary still calls the name an Americanism. End of footnote. Shell de Vere credits them with Haybaric, a corruption of Hoybert. That they established the use of bush as a designation for back country is very probable. The word has also got into the South African English. In American, it has produced a number of familiar derivatives, such as bushwhacker and bush league. Borer and Leland also credit the Dutch with dander, which is commonly assumed to be an American corruption of dandruff. They say that it is from the Dutch word donder, meaning thunder. Opdonderen, in Dutch, means to burst into a sudden rage. The chief Spanish contributions to American were to come after the War of 1812, with the opening of the West. But Creole, Calaboose, Palmetto, Peewee, Key, a small island, Quadroon, Octoroon, Barbecue, Piccaninny, and Stampede had already entered the language in colonial days. Jerked beef came from the Spanish charqui, by the law of Hobson Jobson. The Germans, who arrived in Pennsylvania in 1682, also undoubtedly gave a few words to the language, though it is often difficult to distinguish their contributions from those of the Dutch. It seems very likely, however, that sauerkraut and noodle are to be credited to them. Footnote. The spelling is variously S-A-U-E-R-K-R-A-U-T. S-A-U-R-K-R-A-U-T. S-O-U-R-K-R-A-U-T. And S-O-U-R-K-R-O-U-T. End of footnote. Finally, the Negro slaves brought in gumbo, goober, juba, and voodoo, usually corrupted to hoodoo and probably helped to corrupt a number of other loanwords, for example, banjo and breakdown. Banjo seems to be derived from bandor or banduria, modern French and Spanish forms of timbre, respectively. It may, however, be an actual Negro word. There is a term of like meaning, bania, in Senegambian. Ware says that breakdown, designating a riotous Negro dance, is a corruption of the French rigadon, the word is not in the Oxford Dictionary. Bartlett listed it as an Americanism, but Thornton rejected it, apparently because, in the sense of a collapse, it has come into colloquial use in England. Its etymology is not given in the American Dictionaries. End of Chapter 2, Part 2